think a lot of times individuals or businesses don't even realize how much you or the, the business or the service might mean to this person. I think especially when we're creating our own work, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that we can make that much of an impact on another human being. Don't underestimate the, the power of a single reply on a tweet or a direct message. Um, that, that means a lot to people. It does. It's our natural inclination to just want to get as many people as possible to follow us, to like us, to buy our stuff. When often there's this group of people who want to go all in on our content. They want to buy every single thing that you put out. They will never miss an Instagram story. They will never miss a tweet. They want to be on all of your email lists. Like They don't care what it is you're doing. They want to be involved. I've never had an instance once in, in my entire career speaking or whatever. If somebody comes up to me, somebody emails me. Maybe the intention is there and I'm just dumb enough not to notice <laughs> it, but it's, it, it doesn't. You could it's be bombable. Really I could see it happening. Yeah. Uh, for, for different reasons. So. <laughs> All right. So I had a thought before and I have a feeling I'm going to make you extremely nervous by bringing this up, but we could always cut it out. I don't know. We need to have What's a meeting the... about it, but I, I like, I, I'm, I just want to be clear. If anyone, if, 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 you know, this is life with Michelle. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle, an entrepreneur and creative business coach. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm a social media and digital content strategist. We're friends with a shared passion for creativity in all its forms. Through this podcast, you'll find ideas to help up your game and share experiences with a community of creatives who understand what it's like to work and create in a digital world. If the episode you're about to hear sparks something inside you, share your voice by connecting with us on social media at pod for creatives on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we start? Well, no, we're not. We didn't come back from any trips this time. So it's like no, we don't really have, a, we don't about, have a cold open. I'm about oh, to yeah, leave right. for a trip. Right. This is so different than everything that we've done for the last like six episodes. Yeah. So you're going to New York. You got a, you got a brand new nephew. Yes. It, this is going to be a multi-purpose trip. Yes. My main objective is to meet my nephew and hang out with him. But we also have a wedding in Delaware. So hitting that up first on the way up and Jimmy has a work trip in Connecticut that he kind of shoehorned into all of this so yeah we're gonna be everywhere as usual on the go from place to place once again you'll be two hours away from where I live and we will not see each other yep mm -hmm. I might wave you're consistent if nothing else <laughs> And then, like, every time I come up there now, which is quite often, I'm yeah. going to get this speech. Probably. Just because I'd like to make it, like, you know, just, like, to remind you. Yeah, that. and I'm sure that there will also be more occasions where we will literally be driving by each other because you go down to your dad's. Yep. Right, in Delaware. And yep. we've been driving a lot more now. So, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. I can't wait for the time that I find myself in Jacksonville and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm going to Jacksonville, but I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm just gonna, I'll just wave from the freeway. What possible reason would anyone have to come to Jacksonville hey, other than Rock, to visit Rock me? Rockapella is playing in Jacksonville in December, holiday tour. Right. I'm supposed yeah. to get tickets to that. Yeah. I, I think I'm legitimately going to go. I, I, I would highly, highly suggest it. I think it would the be The holiday really show is a really special 
show. It's 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 a it puts you you know if, if if you're really into that kind of stuff, if you're into the holiday season, and it's not just Christmas music. It's it's you know all different types of holiday you know covers and and originals. It's a good show. Highly recommend that. I've gone to about three of them, three holiday shows over the years. They're very good. So just to be clear, if you ever came to Jacksonville, it would not be to hang out with me. It would be to see a concert. If they were there, yes. Okay. Yes. Or just, maybe we just could, clarifying. Maybe we could all go. You know, that we could, could just like, you know, it could be like a group thing. Yeah. Right. It could be a PFC meetup. We we do have some listeners here in Jacksonville. Yes, you do. That's right. Cyan. Rep, rep, is there, are there others? I only know Cyan. So. <laughs> Shout out Cyan. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that that we do have a few others. I mean, Cyan's the only one that you know, but everyone else who is in Jacksonville who's listening to this, message Steve so then he'll know <laughs> who you are too. Just what I love. <laughs> Direct messages. <laughs> <laughs> Flood that inbox. Yeah. So I have a new obsession. Mm. And this is... Uh, it's a new TV show. I actually did briefly tell you about this already. T- it's it's TV TV or is it like is it's not Hulu or Netflix? It's no, actual. No, this is actual TV. Wow. Do you want the origin story? Sure. As to how I got into this show? Surprise, surprise. I mean, I'm I, I legitimately feel like I could get into any TV show if I tried. Even though I did start watching that one show that you recommended to me, and I'm like, no, I'm not watching this. <laughs> Wait, what was this again? It was um, the one on AMC. The Frozen? Is that what it was called? I don't think it was called Frozen. I think if it was called Frozen, I probably would have liked it more. I really enjoyed it, but I can't remember the name of the series now to save my life. It was called something like Misery or Torture or (laughs) No One on This Show is Happy would have been the tagline. This is why. So you you really think you you're you're meant to be a TV writer. This is this is your dream. <laughs> I'm serious. I think that that's what the title was. Yeah, you're gonna pitch a show. And <laughs> I'm just say it's not on TV yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I got into this new show, flying back from London. While I loved flying on Virgin Atlantic, amazing airline. Not so many choices in in in-flight entertainment. So nine-hour flight, I had kind Mm. of exhausted everything on the way out there. So on the way back, I'm flipping through the catalog, and I see this show called The Good Place, which has just started their third season. It's an NBC show and starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. And they only had the second season on the plane, so I watched... The first couple episodes of the second season, I'm like, all right, this is okay. And then, you know, I still had like seven hours of the flight left. I'm like, I might as well keep going. And I watched most of the second season and I just kind of got hooked. And then when I got home, I started the first season. And then (laughs) earlier this week, found myself listening to multiple podcasts about the show with interviews with um, the creator of the show, who is Michael Schur, who has worked on The Office, Parks and Rec, um, pretty in the in the TV writing community, kind of a big deal, reading articles. And I should also mention, speaking of Jacksonville, one of the other things that kind of hooked me was there's a character on this show who is from Jacksonville, and there are 
endless jokes about Jacksonville, about how it's a trashy place, lots of jokes about the Jacksonville Jaguars and how they suck, which is actually not, not, true. not true anymore. Yeah. Um, and they actually said that they may like have to write around that or not write around it, but put that into future plots. So I thought that that was kind of hilarious because Jacksonville is such a random place and not a lot of people know about. And even though they're saying all bad things about it, it's still hilarious that we're getting that shout out. I always find that interesting with TV shows and, and please finish your thought in just a second. But you ever stop and think of like all the different shows that were set in all of these different cities? And like sometimes I try to think of cities and then like think of what sitcom or, or TV show is actually like set in them. Like, you know, like Seattle had had Frasier and, you know, um, Cincinnati had, had WKRP in Cincinnati. And then I think Wisconsin was like, you know, that 70s mm-hmm. show. And I, and some, I don't know if Laverne and Shirley was set in, in Wisconsin. Minneapolis yeah. had Mary Tyler Moore. Like, I just like to go around to all of these different cities sometimes. So like Jacksonville, it's on the map now. It's it that, is. That's a big deal. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I love that you've even had the thought that you've thought about that there are cities and that TV shows have taken place in them. Oh, yeah. It's very oh, I, nerdy. Love, I, I, I love like sometimes you just like, like I, I don't know, like it just interests me. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, go on. Boy, no. I just get nerdier by the episodes. No, so. I love it. No, I don't I didn't really have any thoughts beyond that, other than the fact that I realized that I was deep now into this wormhole as to how obsessed I have now become with this show. And this is not the first time this has happened to me. I've gotten really into other TV shows, but I've also just gotten really into certain things. And as a small business owner, I know for myself and just from knowing this from my friends, it's our natural inclination to just want to get as many people as possible to follow us, to like us, to buy our stuff. When often there's this group of people who want to go all in on our content. They want to buy every single thing that you put out. They will never miss an Instagram story. They will never miss a tweet. They want to be on all of your email lists. Like they don't care what it is you're doing, they want to be involved. And this completely aligns with the last episode that we just released when it comes to you and sports teams that that you love. I mean, you even said the Cowboys haven't won in a really long time. They haven't really done anything good in a really long time, but you are still all in. I'm there on that like, bandwagon. For the long haul. You're not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. My dad tells me constantly, find another team. Can't just can't do it. It's not it doesn't work that way. Just can't bounce around. What are your thoughts on this? Do you feel like the super fan is underserved? In what way? That we're not we're not paying more attention to the people who are most closely want to be impacted by what we're what we're doing? Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think it's one paying attention to them and and really getting to know them, especially for really small audiences like you and I and our audience is very small and we have the opportunity to know people by name. But even bigger companies, I think, have avenues where they can make those people feel more loved and more appreciated, whether it's something like I'm thinking about um, Disney Worlds, because Disney World is another thing that I mean, I feel like I am still into, but there was a time where I was really into it, not not the movies, like the the parks and the resorts. And there were always people in um, 
I would never really got into the forum thing, but uh, listening to podcasts about Disney World, reading their websites, I, I would always see comments and they would always be talking about on the podcast that Disney does not do a really good job about honoring those people who are super fans, whether it's some kind of loyalty program, not even anything that would give them discounts, but just, just recognizing that they are people who are showing up multiple times a year because that guest is a different guest who shows up once in their lifetime. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, sometimes it helps to really think about this from the fan's perspective because that fan knows that brand through maybe a different relationship than the brand even, mm-hmm. you know, is intending to put out there. A lot of the relationships that I feel like I've cultivated with people through social media that are not my friends that I see regularly, they provide me something that I I can't find in other places. And therefore, it really makes me feel more attracted to them because they can help me, you know, and whether this is somebody who's a social strategist or whether this is somebody who's, you know, a, a sports player or musician, that relationship is built on things that they might not necessarily see. You know, if it's a musician um, and you're going through a difficult time in life and a certain song speaks to you and helps you get through things, your connection to that that artist is different and special and maybe more unique than he or she might think it is. So when you're reaching out to them, when you're telling them that what they've produced or what they've done for you has really helped you, I think sometimes that really can, you know, disappoint people who uh, may hold these people in a higher standard and a higher, you know, uh, in a higher place. And by not getting back to them, I think can be really, it's a poor, it's a poor choice because those are the people that really carry your message and spread, you know, spread what you are trying to put out there. I think a lot of times individuals or businesses don't even realize how much you or the the business or the service might mean to this person. I think especially when we're creating our own work, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that we can make that much of an impact on another human being. But I just, I think about the fact that recently we reached out to someone um, to ask if they could be involved in the podcast and we were kind of scared to do it. But when we got a good response, I mean, to them, it may have been like no big deal, but to us, we were like throwing a little bit of a party. I mean, it was a huge deal to us just to to even get any kind of response. It doesn't matter how small it is becomes so significant when the person on the other end cares. How about thinking about it from the fans perspective that just reaching out and trying to say thank you or come up with the right words and not sound like you're obsessed but just wanting to thank them for the difference that they made and you don't know this person like that takes an incredible amount of courage to do that i think we always think of social media as it's so ubiquitous today and everybody can use it and everybody's a content creator so nobody has a problem you know saying what they have to say i think that's a big mistake Mm -hmm. i think sometimes reaching out to people who you hold in high regard is is just as nerve-wracking as it would have been if you ran into them after a concert or saw them on the street. You don't necessarily know what to say, um, but you also don't want to come off like you're, you know, crazy. So, you know, I think recognizing the leap of faith that it takes to do that, if, especially if you're if you're a brand, especially if you're you're a, a you know, some a, a personality, it's important. It's very important. How do you feel like you handle the line between? 
very enthusiastic and creepy. Do you ever feel like, I mean, from a fan, but also it's something that I've worried about as a content creator. It's it's never happened to me. I've never once felt uncomfortable by someone reaching out to me or sending me an email or a message or whatever. Everyone has been amazing and, and gracious. And I'm, I'm so thankful for if anyone listening to this has ever reached out to me, thank you for doing that. But I, I have had that like fear. What happens if there's some kind of <laughs> stalker situation? Now, <laughs> now I feel like there there's a, a thing on Seinfeld where Jerry gets sent a, a suspicious looking box and he doesn't know whether or not he should open it. And George is saying, you think that you're bombable? So yes, <laughs> <laughs> to put it into those terms, I'm worried that I might be bombable. I think it's creepier for for women than than men um, because it's not a very good time to be a guy uh, in, in, in today's world. And so I think it's different. And I could certainly see someone like you, the apprehensions uh, of, of putting yourself out there and then not knowing who's looking, not knowing who's interacting. Not, I mean, I, I can get that. So as a fan, like it's doubly weird for me when I, when I feel like when I reach out to, or I, I, I thank, um, you know, a, a female entrepreneur or somebody who is a, as a, you know, big inspiration to me in life. Cause there's always that hint of like, is this person going to think that I'm weird because I'm not weird. I'm just trying to be genuine and say, thank you. Just like I would if it were anybody else in front of me. Um, yeah, it's I, I think it's much more different for because I, I, I think about it and I've never had an instance once in, in my entire career speaking or whatever. If somebody comes up to me, somebody emails me, maybe the intention is there and I'm just dumb enough not to notice <laughs> it. But it's it, it doesn't. You could it's be bombable. Really I could like see it that. happening. Yeah, yeah, for, for different reasons. So. <laughs> for very different reasons. Yeah. One thing that I am careful of because I am on Instagram so much if I go somewhere, I don't, I either just leave the location off or I won't post it until after I've left the location, especially if I'm alone. Yeah. But even sometimes when I'm with Jimmy or with other people, just this is a, I want to put this delicately. If I'm out there and you want to approach me and say hi, I'm okay with that. But there's also a part of me, like I'm saying that to people, anyone who's who I've interacted with up until this point, I would be delighted to meet any of them in person. But there's always that fear that that creepy person is going to walk up to you. And I'm not sure I would know how to handle myself in that situation. I feel like this has turned into a into a uh, psychiatry episode of how to get <laughs> you through fanboys and fangirls no, out, out, first out, of all out. this is a, a non-issue it's not something that i give much thought to right. um so yeah maybe we should direct this away from something that's not an issue for me anyway you know we know that it takes a lot for some people to be able to reach out and have the confidence to do that we also know that some brands don't necessarily always appreciate um some of their biggest fans or if they do they might not necessarily they reach out through social but you and I are of the mindset and especially because we're very grateful for the audience on the podcast that it's important to do that. It's important to get to know some of these people. I mean, like I've brought individually have brought some, some, uh, 
um, listeners into the podcast. You brought a number of listeners into the podcast and together we've kind of gotten to know each other's friends and connections, um, and in turn make our own, you know, connections with these people. Um, but you know, we're nothing without the relationships that are built. I mean, that's what brands are built on. They're built on the relationships that they, that the consumer and audience has with them. So how would you suggest going about kind of trying to grow those relationships and, and keeping that, that, that goal in mind of, I can't just rest on my laurels. I have to continue to make this impression on people in order to continue to grow. I don't feel like there's a one size fits all solution. And it's, it's hard for me to give advice on this because I feel like my audience and and this podcast audience are small enough that I can handle it all on my own or we can handle it all. Um, it's not like we're getting overloaded with, with things like fan mail. Oh, you don't get fan mail? No, I mean... I, don't I get quite a bit of fan mail. Do you? I don't <laughs> know that I've ever gotten any actual No, I don't really mail. get fan mail. Everyone sends Steve fan mail. He'll Do give you, you. He'll give no, you his home I address. Really <laughs> but like, like I think about it this way: I serve in the role of manager in my organization. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is is its own brand because what people think of me kind of a, a, a affects how I do my job and how I'm seen doing my job. Our organization has launched this employee engagement or employee satisfaction survey. Well, it's got a lot of people like intrigued around the organization and it doesn't really bother me. Like, you know, if if somebody I manage doesn't like me or has a problem with me, like I have to be aware of that. But I try to lead through empathy. So, you know, whether that's somebody going through the hard time and just calling to talk about what they're dealing with and not even talk about work or somebody has a really big win at a project they were working on and calling them to just talk about how exciting that is and how great they should feel and that's really, I mean, like, yes, in between all the hard work and all, in between all the advice that I give about actual work-based stuff, um, the relationships that I'm building with people more than anything else is, uh, is what drives my work. And whether that, you know, again, whether it's reaching out and saying great job or whether it's reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry this happened. You know, are you okay? What can I do to help you out? Like, I think that makes all the difference in the world. And that builds that connection and relationship that people actually do see me as, a leader or people do see me as maybe more than what I actually am just because I put the time in to care about them. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's vital. Very vital. It really is when it comes down to it, as simple as giving someone time and attention. I have started making it a point that when people email me that I always say, thank you so much for taking the time to write me such a thoughtful message because in today's day and age with everyone's very short attention spans it's pretty amazing that people stop and take the time to write me emails and most of the time it's it's just to thank me it's not to even ask for anything which is incredible i mean my my tribe my audience is is really unbelievable and i appreciate them so much so yeah time and attention acknowledgement how about like beyond that. I mean, I haven't done this yet, but maybe we could do some like real time brainstorming here. Things like, are there, you think there are some kind of like programs that we can set up or um, how about, let's talk about community. How does community play into this? Because 
with with all of this appreciation and love for people in our audiences, I feel kind of like weird about about saying this, but having a community of people that support you who love what you're doing organically can really help you grow your brand because they're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. I mean, I, I never like to expect that of people, but I think that that can certainly happen on its own. Absolutely. And I think that goes back to, to our episode, episode 21, right? Uh, yeah. About brands, brand and branding. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to put the time in to build relationships for those people to maybe create content on their own social networks or through their own back channels to help positively talk about, you know, your, your brand, your, your organization. I mean, we started the show up by talking about Rockapella. Um, you know, if I didn't have the, the relationship that I had with, with them, I don't think I'd be standing there recommending and your, your ticket sales wouldn't go through. And, you know, like it's, it's kind of this, this domino effect that I think starts when you knock that first domino over to start your, your, your almost like your, your hand reaching out to your public and saying, hi, this is who I am. You know, let's get to know each other. Um, I, I think absolutely the more you work on building relationships, the better it is for your brand because those people are the ones that are more likely to go out there and create crowdsourced or user generated content that is going to reflect, you know, I mean, this is the whole influencer movement. I mean, this is, you know, it's, this isn't about finding any kind of schmo out there to kind of represent your, or, or stand, um, behind your company. This is about finding people who are passionately in love with what you do. Um, and you can't just use them. It's really about, you know, getting to know in the effort and then hoping that they, um, in turn kind of help carry your message. Do you feel like the influencer movement has become kind of bastardized? Do you feel like the true intent of them initially was the super fans should become the people who are the voice of the brand, but now it's turned into, okay, this person has a million followers. Do you want to be an influencer? Like, nice to meet you. Yeah, I do. Um, and I think that's why it's people are starting to become very cool towards, towards the concept of influencers. And I, I disagree with that. Um, you know, brands make the mistake of, of, of thinking that, you know, you, you have to be an influencer only. You can be an influencer only if you have a high number of followers or you look a certain way or, you know, whatever. Um, that's a big mistake. You know, there are large numbers of people who are passionately in love with what you do and care about what you do. And those are the people that if you're taking the time to get to know them, um, can be a real, you know, brand ambassador. Um, it's, it's really, um, there's work that gets put into that. Obviously it's not just creating content and hoping that it makes a difference, but it's responding to people. I mean, like, you know, the first time that, that Gary Vaynerchuk replied to a tweet of mine, um, it blew me away. And, you know, it's not to put him on a pedestal. It's just that here's this guy running, you know, seemingly, you know, nonstop 24 seven running multiple companies, doing all this other stuff. And he took the time at a Nick game because I saw him on the sideline and I, and he grabbed the loose ball that got away. And I was, whatever I said in, in the tweet, took the time to reply. And, you know, like it, 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 it was like, yeah, you got me hooked, man. Like, you know, it's not, it's not like I needed another reason, but that meant a lot to me, you know, and, and don't, don't be, you know, don't underestimate the the power of a single reply on a tweet or a direct message. Um, 
that that means a lot to people. It does. Do you feel like in your experience, you can think of a brand or an organization or an individual who really left an impact on you as far as um, I'm thinking about the fact like as a kid, did you ever write a letter to the Yankees or to the Cowboys and did they send you something in the mail? Anything like that? I don't think I had anything like oh, that as a kid. Oh, how about the Carmen Sandiego story? Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's a good story. Um, yeah, they used to have um, on, on that on where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? They used to have this portion of the show where they would ask you to the the viewer at home to keep track of um, clues or answers during the course of the week or or whatever the whatever the thing that was stolen in the episode that you had to kind of track down but i i forget the specifics but basically you had a, at the end of the week you wrote down all five of them on a postcard and and you addressed it to you know the offices um where the show was shot and then they would pick winners every every week and or every episode and they would get a, a t-shirt so my sister and i were big fans of the show growing up and my sister would would you know she was more, she was more organized and, and cared more about getting the t-shirt, I think, than I did. I just really enjoyed the music and whatever. Uh, anyway, so she, um, would do it and keep track of it. And she sent it in and weeks went by, weeks went by and we just, you know, we didn't hear anything. Her name wasn't showing up on, on, on TV when they were announced the winners. Um, and one day after school I was watching it and she had a piano lesson or something like that. Um, and lo and behold, on that part of the show, her name pops up on the screen, Elizabeth King, you know, Cornwall, New York. And I was just like, oh, my God, like I was by myself. <laughs> I know her. Like, I know her. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I was just like, we got so like she came back from the piano list and I'm like, Liz, you're not going to believe this. You want a T-shirt? And she's just like, yeah, right. Get real. And I was just like, no, you did. I'm telling you, you did. And she didn't believe it. And there was no way like you couldn't DVR it. Yeah. You couldn't rewind it. You know, you couldn't do anything to prove it. <laughs> so like I had to wait like a week for the freaking delivery to show up and finally a package came and opened there it was the freaking t-shirt i said i told you i told you that you won and so yeah like i mean I, I don't necessarily know if if that was like the thing that like attached me to the show and the brand and everything but it obviously um, left an impact on you absolutely absolutely now did you have something like that i didn't have an experience like that but this is something that i First of all, your Siri is British still. You've been back in the States for two weeks. Oh, not still. I switched her to that oh, well before really? well before I went to London. This British thing and me have been going on for a long time. Was this to like prep so you could like no, not no, sound? No, no, no. It's been like okay. that for like two years. Oh, God. I could not put up with that. Oh, it's amazing. And when you go, when she gives you directions, instead of saying... Um, there's some word that she replaces. I don't know what it is in English, but in American English, but she calls it the roundabout. She said, at the next roundabout. <laughs> and she also, it's the, uh, it's the best. Um, I don't know if you guys have this in, in your car, but we have Apple CarPlay so she can read, yeah. your, read your text messages. Yeah. And um, it's hilarious when she reads them, especially from group uh, text messages like with our families like and she she pronounces my niece Izzy's name Izzy <laughs> so yeah you need to let me know next time you're driving in the car I will uh... send me some interesting texts all right so, so we just got completely derailed by that um, 
And I felt like I was about to say something really profound. Oh, not profound, but you you had asked me if I had another if I had had an experience like you had with right getting your Rock-a-pella. car in San Diego right. yes. yeah. or or Rockapello. Yeah. Um, I have not had an experience like that that I can remember. I mean, maybe I have not one that left quite as big of an impact, but I was going to say that Jimmy and I travel a lot and we always stay in Marriott hotels. Thankfully, I mean, there are a lot of them. There are also a lot of different um, like brands within the brands, like Ritz Carlton is owned by them and et cetera. And because we always stay there, we're now at this level where they really, really like roll out the red carpet for us when, when we go there. I mean, when we check in, if there's an upgrade available, we always get the upgrade. I, on our trip to London, on our last night, we were only at this hotel for one night because we had just been coming back from Paris and it happened to be fall on the night that was our anniversary. So we mentioned that. I don't know if have you seen like the Friends episode where um, Monica and Chandler are on their honeymoon. Oh, yeah. And then they're yeah. trying to like get all the honeymoon things like we weren't trying to do that. But I mean, it, we kind of got that that treatment. They upgraded our room like immediately when we checked in. They're like, oh, do you want champagne? Like we got offered champagne like four times throughout this day, like at dinner. And then like we got back to our room at the end of the night when there was like a bottle there, like champagne coming out the wazoo to make up for what didn't happen in Paris. Listen to episode 21 to hear more on that. So yeah, Marriott kind of has our hearts. And um, I felt like something must have happened that was positive from the beginning for us to keep going there. Like it wasn't just the acquiring of points. Like they've just, they've always treated us well. So I think things like loyalty programs, if you have a business or a service where you sell things, I think loyalty programs could be beneficial, even if it's not like giving them money or points, but just some kind of recognition. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, Disney World is not the best at at doing that. And I I don't think it, it would take much for them to recognize and honor those people who are showing up there, you know, four or five times a year because it's a small group. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> um, What's a hotel? Just, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You never want to see a hotel again for the rest of your life. I've had enough of hotels. Yeah, that's for sure. As you were telling the story, I'm just like, oh, yeah, champagne. Great. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you got champagne. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> we had scrambled eggs every day for four months. <laughs> what was that included in your... Uh... Yeah, it was. Like and they actually breakfast. were pretty they were pretty good eggs. So there's I can't can't knock that. There you go. It's I don't something. eat them. I don't make them much anymore because I'm a little scrambled egged out, but but not, yes, it's not because it's you times. were someone wrote a blog post about how you make bad scrambled oh. eggs. <laughs> good memory. Very good memory. It was only I, two episodes ago that we talked about this. This wasn't like a yeah, twelve we, year memory. <laughs> But like we talk a lot between episodes and text messages and, and Skype sessions yeah. no, and you know so that's I have that's, very that's I have very good. good random memory. You're really doing a great job of building this relationship right now. Just <laughs> knocking my eggs and making fun of my hotel stay. I don't know why I keep coming back. It's not worth the uh, the abuse I have to take. Uh, all right, so I had a thought before, and I have a feeling I'm going to make you extremely nervous by bringing this up, but we could always cut it out. <laughs> I had a thought when you were talking about this Carmen San Diego experience. 
what if we did a fan appreciation week for podcasts for creatives? Yeah. Okay. But what's the, I don't know. We need to have a meeting about it, but I, I like, I, I'm, I just want to be clear. If anyone, if, 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 you know, this is life with Michelle, (laughs) like, like it's a, it, uh, this is like a full disclosure thing. Like it, it it's it's a it's a privilege to work with her and and I'm just amazed by the work that she produces and and her passion and and all that stuff. But, but like sometimes it's like just jumping around from like we should try this. Let's do this. What do you think about this? It's just like, yeah, it sounds great. Let, let's talk a little bit about it here. And you're usually on board. Like anytime I'm like, what if we did this? You're like, sure. And then a lot lot of times, like we just never talk about it again because I've come up with a new idea before we get the chance to execute it. But I think that we need to, I mean, I'm, I'm putting this in the show. We should really do this. Um, and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll plan more of it off air, but I mean, just throughout this whole episode, I'm like, wow, I I know how much you and I, cause we talk about it a lot offline, how much we really, really appreciate our audience and we should, uh, walk the talk and do something really special for everyone. I think that's got to be at the forefront of everyone's minds too. You know, whether you're a small business owner or you're working in an organizational structure, like there's a customer service aspect to everything, everything that we do. And that has to be driving the choices that you're making. It's got to be driving um, a lot of your decisions on things. Um, it's not about doing things to make somebody like you. It's about doing things authentically. Um, you know, so when somebody reaches out to us through DM and, and, you know, tells us that, you know, this episode came along at the right time or, um, this really made them laugh or, you know, thanks for sending us the mug for, you know, whatever it is like, you know, that, that means a lot and it should mean a lot to any brand, um, to authentically be able to connect with your, with your true big fans um, those are the people that you know are going to be there for you at all times. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod for creatives and let us know what stood out to you. It seems like you kind of have like, you have a baton you want to carry here. So I might just play like, you know, the Vanna White to the Pat Sajak. Okay. But, I, don't but that's cool. I, I don't know if I want to be Pat. Man. I don't know if I want you to be Vanna, but <laughs> we'll make it work. Of the two of us, I'm pretty sure I'm Vanna. <laughs>